0: My name is Sue, and welcome back to our Lerma Sue Walk and Talk podcast. As you know, this is where we walk and talk about the science of emotions, positive psychology and neuroscience to help us be the best we can be. And uh, once again, Tanya and I are getting together for it, so you can eavesdrop on our conversation. And we're going to be reviewing some of our learnings and things that came from the Iceland um, European Network of Positive Psychology, the European Conference of Positive Psychology that was held in Reykjavik a few weeks ago. And um, Tanya, welcome back for another chat.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I'm delighted to be here again um, and to be sharing what we kind of learned, the learnings from the conference, as you say, not just all the kind of preamble touristy thing that we spoke about last time.
0: (laughs) I was going to say last time we were busy talking about hugs and national parks and all those (laughs) sorts of things and great food. (laughs) So obviously we didn't just go to Iceland for the great food and the scenery. Um, We went for the European conference and it had been put off since um, uh, 2020, because uh, COVID's kind of got in the way, so it was really nice that it uh revived itself. And it was a face to face conference, so there was no virtual component, it was all face to face. Um, and it was nice to get together with some of the uh, uh, the key people in positive psychology and lots of new fabulous people playing in this space. So, from your perspective, let's start with what was your highlight?
1: Oh goodness me! Of the actual conference, yes, so literally the conference.
0: Um, Yeah, you can't talk about the food again.
1: <laughs> the Sky Lagoon comes to mind as well, but that, and again, that was still part of the conference. To be fair, but we'll, we can touch on that. Um, the highlight. I think for me personally, probably the highlight would have been actually meeting with some of the key speakers again in person. So I've met Mike Steger before and what have you. Um, I have to say it was lovely to meet uh, Felicia as one person and she's so teeny tiny. Um, And then I loved actually listening to your um, in conversation with her on the Learn with Sue, which again, um, revives, re-energized again my learnings and just think she's a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, and in fact, that's now just sparked and your own in my mind about, again, I would say the, the individuals, the um, experts in this field that have been in this field for many, many, many years, 30 plus years, 40 years and what have you, given their age, um, and I don't mean this in a rude way. I really mean this in a positive way. And it's something that actually Felicia commented on around positive neuroplasticity. But mm-hmm. I remember commenting to you about actually how amazing it is that our brains can stay so sharp when mm-hmm. we use... That was just one sort of thing that I took out from... It's like, wow. Again, when we think or when people say, again, the language we use, oh, I'm getting older, I can't do this and what have you. But actually, that's just a, I don't know, a put down on ourselves... Um, so that was one of the highlights and we kind of stick into the conference in Iceland. But as I say, I think it was just really, it was really wonderful to be at the conference in person together. And to your point, um, when I was reflecting on this, I think it was really interesting because I think it was Dora. But somebody had mentioned that actually this conference, there was more new people that attended than ever. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting from a new uh, I say, cohort, let's say, of people coming into this field or new students, etc., Um, and how it's kind of evolving new thoughts, perspectives, models, not what we probably need another new model Um, yet again. However, I think, yeah, lots of good points, lots of good points.
0: Well, let's let's pick up on a few of these for everybody listening who's not been to one of the uh, European Positive Psychology Conferences. Um, I always love the conferences. And yes, to your point, um, there are a lot of uh, research presentations, which many people may not necessarily sort of be attuned to because they are perhaps a little bit more academic. But I agree with you. There was lots of people doing lots of presentations, like literally 12, 15, 15 minute presentations, back to back. And to your point, uh, when we spoke about this last time, we couldn't get to all of them. I think what was so inspiring though, is how many people are doing really cool stuff in this space are, are really trying to reinforce uh, which strategies and interventions work. Um, like you say, do we need extra models? I'm not entirely sure. Um, and yet I love that people are exploring it. What I'd love to come back to is Felicia cause she was one of my highlights and obviously we had um, a conversation with Felicia. So um, anybody listening, please go back and listen to the, um, you would have had the first 15 minutes of that in the podcast, but the full hour in our live learn with sue session she was fantastic and to tanya's point if uh, for those of you listening if you haven't met police she is just lovely and so tiny and um thankfully which i thought was really awesome tanya i don't know about you they had a see-through podium Yeah. Um, So literally a clear plexiglass uh, podium, which if they hadn't, you wouldn't have been able to see her. Um, What I love about Felicia is she is, to your point, so sharp. She is so on the ball. She's um, really a leader in this space still. Um, And I think her presentation, whilst we'd heard some of it um, through our Learn with Sue, the whole hour that we spent talking to her, I loved the idea of reminder again of that um, positive neuroplasticity. What are we focusing on? How can we encourage more positive news? How can we put more positive stories out there? So I don't know your thoughts on that, but that's one that's really resonating with me. And I haven't, haven't quite figured out how I do it well. Um, And yet it's one I really want to um, improve on myself.
1: Yeah. And I think on that, and I kind of, I look back at my notes as well and I think um, I, I found her personally really inspiring, um, really, really inspiring. And one of the slides that she actually put up, um, and I took a photo of. Well, in fact, I didn't take a photo of it; somebody else did. They sent it to me. I was just too too late when she flicked by. But it was a quote by Jane Goodall, who's a um, primatologist primatologist, as she pronounced it. So, and Jane, for those of you who may not have heard of her, she did a sixty year study on the social and family interactions of wild chimpanzees. So. But her quote, which really um, pulled a little heartstring, actually, and I'm just going to read it out to you. And the quote says, you cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes a difference and you have to decide what kind of a difference you want to make. And I just thought that was so beautiful because actually and so true. It's kind of like, well, What difference do we want to make? And again, I think that really set the scene with the conference, Um, again, about creating this much more positive world. And I can't now remember the name of the thing that has gone out of my head. Creating, what was the theme of the conference? Um, Creating the world we want to live in. So yeah. Yeah, creating the world we want to live in. Apologies, it just suddenly went blank. But again, and that's what, it really set the scene for that. So I think it was just really important to say that really, resonated for me because we can all and again it kind of flowed throughout the conference um with different speakers of we, we all need to be responsible for this but it isn't just an individual perspective it's how we're going to do this as a on our say community um or community so i think that was yeah really really beautiful
0: yeah thank you and it was really interesting what you say there because um dora so dora a uh, goodman goodman's Dottier, is the, or was the president of the ENPP. So ENPP stands for European Network of Positive Psychology. And she did a really lovely um, sort of welcome on the Thursday morning, uh, talked about the importance of uh, what makes life worth living, talked about wellbeing, economy, governments, and the broader perspective, how it links to um, health, etc. Um, But because I think Felicia was the the basically the the next person really brought it to life and helped to your point set the scene of this is more than just um can I be happier this is creating the world we want to live in which was the theme for the whole conference so I agree I think it said it really well and what I think then you just made a really good segue to one of our other favorite speakers and I'm going to apologize in advance because I may not pronounce the name correctly it was a name that I hadn't heard from a positive psychology's perspective and um, I understood why once he started speaking so Andri Snare Magnusson and I know you and I were laughing at him not laughing at him laughing with him for his presentation so Andre is uh, Icelandic and has written a fabulous book called On Time and Water which has got nothing to do with um, uh, positive psychology it's basically linked to uh, the climate if you like and a way that he wanted to try and bring the science that he says nobody pays attention to of you know all oh, the seas have raised by two degrees and this has gone up by eight percent and whatever you nobody really pays any attention of how to make it real um and i don't know your thoughts tanya but he was one of my favorite speakers he made me laugh he made me giggle But again, what you said about um, the impact that we all have as a community, he really brought that to, to life for me as well. So I don't know what your thoughts on him was, but I know we were both giggling away when he was speaking.
1: Yeah no I agree he was very funny and i would not heard of him before so it was great to bring a little bit of humor in it but the seriousness around actually you know the, the state we're in as it were and again another quote because you know me I do like my quotes and um, something that I'd written down that he said is and he said you are part of the change or you were hit by the change and I thought again that's really interesting we're either gonna are we gonna move forward with this or am I just gonna stand in the way you know and we all talk about you know changes in Everspool and changes the one constant and what have you but I just think with him saying you're part of it or you're going to be hit by it I just thought that again was really quite um, profound again it just made me think and think oh okay I'm going to write that down that's a good
0: and the thing that I really loved and I appreciate maybe for you and I this might be different um, because we don't have children um, but uh, many of our listeners do but the thing that I loved about what he shared and and again for, for everybody listening he shared this beautiful sort of there was a story element to his presentation. It was all the story. Um, The key thing that I took away is the fact that you influenced 250 years. Um, Now, I don't know about you, that really resonated with me. And I've shared it with a few people since, because it's not something we think about. I shared it with my family last weekend in Adelaide of the, the impact of Um, You know, my nephew, Phoenix, he's um, 20. He's sharing stories from his grandparents, my parents. And then in theory, if he has children, and then when he's older, he's sharing stories with his grandchildren, then there's potentially a span of 250 years. And obviously, Andre shared it in a much lovelier story than I've just shared. But that number has stuck in my head of, we forget potentially the impact that we have on the world isn't just the number of years we're alive, whether that be five years to 105 years, depending on how lucky we are and how healthy we are, et cetera. Um, It reminds us to your point is the impact that we have without even seeing it on the ripple effect, the future generations, the friends that we have, et cetera. So that one really hit me of the 250 year impact.
1: Yeah, I agree. And again, I think it was lovely how he kind of created the story. And I was then thinking, as I was reflecting, it is a shame that they didn't record some of these keynotes um, to kind of go back on because there was a lot of information. But I think the time element on that, and there was a slide actually that I took a photo of that again, he said, when is someone still alive that you will love? And again, it was just more the emphasis on it isn't just about now, but again, around a legacy, um, mm-hmm. even what you know, what are we doing? What what changes are do we want for our Children, grandchildren, the next, you know, evolution, what have you. Um, it's just really impactful. And again, it links beautifully into so many other uh, like the keynote speakers or presentations that we've seen around much more um, engagement with others, kindness to others, um, even more of an emphasis on that. And again, you know, there's been lots of talk around this and podcasts and what have you. But again, because of the impact of COVID in a positive way mm-hmm. around kindness community so again this then really came through again with the research as you say some of them are quite pretty heavy to me um because I'm not into my research papers this is why I love working with you because you can make them practical um but it is that that common theme of actually this is with maybe I was going to say the pandemic happening was a not a good thing but it made us stop and think um mm. but also about how we want to live our lives but to help and support others as well um yeah. and again linking into climate change which we're all you know feeling the impacts of i think globally
0: <laughs> yeah and i think what you just said really hit something with me that we talked about in our last sort of eavesdrop conversation was um uh andre talked about the um this 250 years and is someone still alive that you love and are they still alive if you love them even they're not physically alive etc um We talked about last time you and I sat in the church and we lit a candle and those people that we love are still alive to us, even though they've passed. Um, I think about my nan all the time of why I am doing what I'm doing and how she's influenced me. You would, I'm sure, do the same with your parents. So it's interesting, that sort of legacy. And I think with Andre, I'm just going to wrap this up because I took a photo as well of a quote. And it wasn't a quote by him. It was a quote by somebody called Baba Dioum, which I'm not sure where that fits in. Um, But the quote was, in the end, we will conserve only what we love. We will love only what we understand and we will understand only what we're taught. And I think that was his lovely sort of coming together of that story of what do you learn from your grandparents? What do you share? What are we putting out there in the world? Um, and I think from a climate change perspective to your point yes we think it's important but we need to share those stories we need to put those stories out there of the positivity of what's been happening so yeah I, I really loved him so he was definitely one of my highlights
1: yeah absolutely brilliant love it
0: so you also mentioned that some of the um, some of the presentations were quite academic. Um, and I think it's really useful for us to uh, sort of pick up on that, because um, certainly for people listening to this in Australia, we have uh, every year we have the um, happiness it's causes conference, which is not academic, which is various people talking about various well-being elements, uh, very story orientated um, Etc. There are some academics, but not as many. Whereas this one was uh, sort of obviously filled with academia. Um, I have to admit there were a couple of presentations that I really struggled with uh, because of the detail and the the frameworks and things like that. And I have to admit, some of them I've actually emailed them for their presentation, saying I need to look through this because I couldn't understand it. So I know both you and I wandered off at times. But one I'm going to pick up on is. Um, Uh, and some people may not be familiar with this name uh Mika Bartles so Mika Bartles talked about uh, her work which is all about genetics now there was a lot of technical stuff in there what were your thoughts about her
1: um I thought she was a great presenter but I must admit this is where I thought okay I'm going to have to speak to Sue about this one because again it was quite it was very, and I thought, well, you'll just you'll love this one in particular because um of the gut and everything, the microbiome. Um, so yeah, I'll let you lead on this one, Sue. Although one thing I will mention, because I think this did come up in her, in her presentation, because I've got a photo, and you'll tell me if I'm wrong. This is the one where she mentioned about Sonia Lubomirsky's happiness pie, is it not? And again, where a lot of people, or again, Sonia I think must have presented at a conference a few years ago saying this is what people always get wrong. Tend to get get wrong um, so i thought that was really good that she actually mentioned that as well so i think that all then connected obviously with the happiness pie but your microbiome and how it's all connected but um
0: yeah so i love Mika Bart's work so last time i saw her present with, with was with michael pluis who is also into the genetics etc Um, and Mika is currently president of IPA, the International Positive Psychology Association, Um, and I love that she mentioned Sonia, and because anybody listening to this who's done our diploma, I always say we're going to talk about Sonia Lubomirsky's happiness pie. Many people get it wrong, we are going to get it right, and so it was so lovely for me that the first thing Mika started with is the happiness pie and how it has to be between people, not within people. So if you're not familiar with the happiness pie and you're listening to this, then uh, please reach out and can help help you with that. But I think for me, um, because there's um, a scientific element now to genetics um, and we're learning so much more about genetics, obviously the the holy grail seems to be to find the happiness gene. Um, And one of the things that I really loved and for, for people listening, if you want to look up Mika Bartels, she's pretty amazing. And maybe we might do a session on uh, some of her work and some of the genetics work is um, she uh, really tries to explore, are there genetic markers? There is not a happiness gene as yet been found. And um, as Tanya said, there were some very detailed um, elements and very detailed graphs about all of the um, 26,000 pairs, et cetera, and where the genetic markers were. What I really love, and again Mika understands the the positive psychology thing, that it's more than just am I happy, Um, they're investigating things like eudaimonic well-being compared to hedonic well-being. Uh, Is there a difference in genetic markers? They're looking at difference between high life satisfaction and high positive affect. And are there different genetic markers? They're also comparing it with different areas of the brain that light up when we're experiencing uh, positive associations versus negative associations. So they're really starting to explore this. And it'll be interesting to see. And I suppose maybe to your point, Tanya, one of the reasons I love it is because it's new. Um, mm. It's it's sort of unknown territory, really, um, like the microbiome, which we should also have more time talking about, is, um, you know, the, the different gut bacteria that's being explored and how that's then having an interplay with how our genes are expressed, uh, what's turning up in our brain. But the thing that I want to pick up on that I think uh, Mika talked about, and maybe we'll, so this will be our last sort of piece, and then we'll have to bring up some more in another session, is um, she reconfirmed the... Um, heritability of around that 40%, which I think was really good. So um, Sonia actually in theory then maybe overdid it with her 50, which we always knew that she sort of rounded up to be have a bit of a buffer. And um, Mika sort of said that that um, family heritability from various twin studies, genetics, et cetera, is about 40%. And what I love now is the world is working together. So I think she's pulled data from something like nearly 3 million people, um, I think was her statistic, 2 point something million people around the world on genetics. And um, what I love, which we kind of know, is that gene environment interplay, that you do not have to end up like your mother, so to speak, as in you are not born with a set profile. So in theory, your genes are that profile, but the environmental interplay, I really loved that she talked about how that can change um, that uh, genetic expression. So um, that was really cool. Um, there was a couple of um, interesting things that they found that I will just share with people. Um, consistent negative associations between inflammatory markers and well-being. Um, so I thought that was interesting. That when our well-being is high, as our, infl- our, our inflammatory markers are lower. When our well-being is lower, our inflammatory markers are higher, um, which is obviously then changing our gene expression. How cool is that? Mm-hmm.
1: I must admit I mean this is where I really find it so fascinating um and I love and again what I love about this field is that it's ever evolving so it's not we because we're not fixed as humans are we so it's um I think this is really interesting I think the more research that's coming out around this and again it'd be different from 10 years ago again what we said we should I don't know, what we should be eating 10 years ago is going to be different now so there's no right or wrong but it is really important to be keeping up with this to kind of go well actually what what impact can I make? And again, to your point, I've always loved the fact when you first taught me about um, the happiness pie with Sonia um, or you know, the theory from Sonia is around the environment and that we are in, we have so much more control over the impact of our genes and how we are than what we think, You know, mm. we kind of rely on, you know, I will be like my mom or my dad or my care or whomever. Um, So it's really, really fascinating. Yeah, and
0: obviously, you know, there is a strong genetic uh, impact, of course, but it's nice to know that our choices do sort of make a difference. So um, Mika is somebody that I'll be keeping an eye on because um, I think the work that she's doing and the collaborations, more importantly, that she's doing from a global perspective, I think are pretty cool um, now it seems like we've managed to get through like three people from the conference and so I think we're going to have to have another catch up on this because I really want to talk about John Halliwell who had some really interesting things to say um, it would be lovely to maybe touch on Mike Steger or Richard Davidson or Richard Ryan etc but I think we should end with uh, one of the highlights that you mentioned sneakily at the beginning the Sky Lagoon
1: yeah, that was amazing, wasn't it? That was amazing. I think even just having that little treat um in these natural uh I'm gonna say therapeutic pools, is that what they are. And again, the view, but again, joining some of the keynote speakers like Mike Seeger was there, Alona was there, and what happens well. And so it was lovely to be to kind of hang out, if you like, um casually in this beautiful, in beautiful environment. Um, and again, what I think was quite interesting and I I can't remember who said this but again when we were talking about well-being in Iceland again the impact of Covid on the population in Iceland um somebody said to me I'm sure that actually one of the things they did keep open were the natural pools and lagoons and I actually can so see why that would obviously a positive impact on people's well-being so I'm so glad that they were able to do that and use um use that you know able to you know to support them but that was wonderful Um, experience what did you think
0: well I I think it's quite interesting and I'm going to be completely honest here so um, uh, we were invited um, by Aaron Jarden who's really good at getting people together so Aaron Jarden if you haven't come across his name he's the uh, director of the MAP program the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology at Melbourne Uni and I didn't think anything of it and obviously you just booked it and whatever and then of course I get there and I'm like do I really want to see all these people in their budgie smugglers (laughs) do i want them to see me in my um you know undies um but um i think to your point the the whole um hot pools and things like that is such a thing in iceland the sky lagoon i thought was beautiful and i remember we'd heard a lot about the blue lagoon being very pretty but we also heard about it being really kind of touristy and overrun Um, whereas the sky lagoon was beautiful. I think we were there till nearly midnight by the time Mm. we'd got changed and got out and got the taxi back, et cetera. Um, so it was lovely to catch up with people and sip a glass of wine while, you know, bobbing about in the um, 40 degree or whatever it was waters. <laughs> um, it was definitely a highlight for me. Um, and the fact the fact, that the, the sun didn't really go down. I mean, it was still daylight when we left at midnight, um, but it was a beautiful experience. And I'm going to say, um, Tanya and I, for everybody listening, we indulged in the, what was it, ritual something, the seven step ritual yeah and it was plunge in the ice cold pool followed by a sauna followed by a cold rain shower that was the finest mist you could possibly imagine followed by what was next i've forgotten the scrub
1: yeah your body scrub that you did yourself and what have you um then another kind of drizzly warm shower thing to kind of moisturize your skin um and then probably another like steam room The
0: steam room where we couldn't see anybody not even
1: each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was very steamy <laughs> um just about to burst into Tina Turner something um and then of course we're back into the pools but I have to say I think you were very courageous jumping into that the freezing one because I was holding back but you made me do it you encouraged me and I did do it so um but what a great experience
0: it was funny because I was standing there, thinking, "I so don't want to go in." And I touched a toe and thought, "Oh my god!" And I was just like, "Okay, get in, get out." And it was so cold. And then you went, "Oh no, no, I have to do it."
1: <laughs> it was incredibly revitalising and so good for you. So again, I can see, you know, for for their own well being to have those pools still opening in COVID. Yeah. Um, Yeah, to keep them in. And I will just touch on, but I would love to talk to you about this again in the the, the next podcast, because to your point, on leaving, which was around, we're waiting for our taxi at midnight, the fact that it was still so light. And again, on Reflect, which was kind of really cool, but then I think, gosh, the impact, I'm just really curious as to the impact of the lights on our brains, Um, not just Mm -hmm. ours having been there, but again, from a um, circadian rhythm kind of perspective, I just think that's really... Well, let's uh, no, pick
0: up on that next time uh, for our listeners, because um, if people have spent time in those sorts of spaces, they'll probably understand. But I know for us it was kind of kind of weird. You know, there's a difference between a long day that you get in London compared to a day and another day and another day and another day. <laughs> so let's pick up on that next time. Um, that thank you, as always, Tanya, for I love our chats and I hope everybody loves eavesdro- eaves- eavesdropping on our chats. So thank you all of you for listening to another bit of uh, Tanya and Sue Waffle on our Learn with Sue Walk and Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the reflections from the European Positive Psychology Conference. We will come back with more because we haven't even got past Thursday yet. Um, And if you would like more conversations with some of our experts, we've mentioned Felicia, there's a full hour as well as many other recordings, our live events, our courses, our research reviews are all on learnwithsue.com.au. So consider joining us as a member of our global learning community. And if not, we will see you on another session of our fabulous Walk & Talk podcast very soon. Thanks, Sonia.
1: Thanks, Sue. Take care.